You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hi, everybody. I'm RJ Ochoa, and welcome to the Sunday Late Night Wrap-Up here on the SB Nation NFL Show. Make sure you subscribe to the SB Nation NFL Show, leave a rating, write a review, because it's week three of the NFL season, and there's a lot of stuff happening, and we have a lot of things to talk about. Let's go ahead and get to Sunday's action. We start first with the Buffalo Bills, who I know stumbled in week one, but have bounced back with a force. The Buffalo Bills, that's right, I'm going to say it again, the Buffalo Bills circled all of the wagons, all of them. Yeah, they let, you know, let's look, the Bills got off to a nice lead against the Washington football team, all right, and I've been told by my friends here at the SB Nation NFL show, Rob Stats Guerrera, Brandon Lee Gotten, Pete Sweeney, by the way, you can hear myself and Pete Sweeney later on today on Monday, Football Monday, I have been told that this Washington football team defense is elite. I've been told, don't worry about the fact that most analytics and most data support that defenses don't stick year to year. I have been told that this defense is legit. I tell you what, this ain't legit no more. The Bills had their way with Washington on Sunday. Washington made it cute. You know, Antonio Gibson had an amazing 73-yard touchdown with an incredible diving effort in the end zone, but Josh Allen had five total touchdowns. I know that Buffalo was slow in week one, and I know they really didn't get to technically play anybody of supreme quality in week two because Tua got hurt, but this was a statement win for Buffalo. They beat a bad team. You're supposed to beat the crap out of bad teams, and that's what Buffalo did in this game. Josh Allen's stat line, 32 of 43, 358 passing yards, the four passing touchdowns, the one rushing touchdown. Buffalo, 2-1-1. Washington, now 1-2 with that one win over the lowly New York Giants. In fact, let's go to the New York Giants because just like NFL Productions will, you know, talk about the NFC East all the time. The G-Men fell to the Atlanta Falcons 17 to 14 the final score here. This was maybe the most unwatchable game of the day if I'm being totally honest with you. I mean, the Giants are bad. The Falcons are bad. One of these bad teams had to win, and it was Atlanta in a last-second field goal. Atlanta gets their first win of the season. They are now 1-2. and two. Meanwhile, the New York Giants are 0-3. This was a momentous day, I suppose, for the New York Giants, as Eli Manning was enshrined in the team's ring of honor at halftime. I've always thought, by the way, that each team's ring of honor should have like a particular name that relates to the team, you know, like... Like the Denver Broncos should be the stable of honor. You know what I mean? Or like the New York Jets should be the, I don't know, the hanger. You know what I'm saying? Like it should be something that has to do with the mascot of the team. So like I don't know what it would be for the Giants, but it shouldn't just be the ring of honor. Uh, It was appropriate that the Giants, you know, had six points on the board when Eli Manning was celebrated for his career achievements with the organization, given that it was a lot of offensive ineptitude. But hey, don't mind me. I cover the Dallas Cowboys here. Um, A really disappointing day. Joe Judge said afterwards that he thinks they're going to be all right. Uh, But I think, Coach, that we kind of have reason to doubt. So um, it is what it is. But the Giants 0-3, and again, they are the only team that the Washington football team has beaten in case you're keeping score at home. Like, I 
Definitely am. Let's go now to Cleveland, where the Browns wore some throwback uniforms, but more importantly, Odell Beckham Jr. made his season debut at long last, and what a performance it was overall. 26-6, the final score here. Not a real just like in-your-face offensive performance from Cleveland, but a solid win nonetheless. I think a team that we could make a very strong argument should be 3-0, and given the way they performed against the Kansas City Chiefs in Week 1. Uh, but Cleveland's now 2-1-1 in great position in the AFC North and the uh, the Chicago Bears almost at the Cleveland Bears I, this this team confuses me by the way these two teams because you got the Cleveland Browns so you got CB and the Chicago Bears the C, this is CB ball I don't feel like you know that doesn't get a lot of pop when these two teams play uh, but the Bears that CB fall to one and two in Justin Fields's debut it was the first start of his NFL career in his third NFL game obviously Andy Dalton not able to play in this game and Look, I'm a huge Justin Fields truther myself, so it's a tough time for me to come here and tell you that he did not look good. Uh, but part of the reason he did not look good is he was under extreme duress. And maybe Matt Nagy knew that. Now, I'm not going to give Matt Nagy any props here. All right. Look, Justin Fields is a runner. Coach, use his legs let Justin Fields run the problem with this was that the Bears didn't really act like they had anybody different at quarterback except for the fact that it was a different quarterback who's more talented who's more athletic Um, but Justin Fields was sacked nine total times unreal just absolutely unreal they had one passing guard one which is, by the way, the fewest in the NFL since the Cincinnati Bengals, another CB team, uh, had zero in 2009. So the bar technically can be lower. Uh, but congratulations to the Cleveland Browns again. 2-1-1 and while the Bears fall to 1-2. and We go to Detroit. The 3-1-3. I don't think I can hype this up enough. Um, <laughs> but man alive. Dan Campbell's squad. Call it what you want. Say you don't buy into the silliness of it all the kneecaps and whatnot but they really do play hard for Dan Campbell that much is evident I'm excited to see what the Detroit Lions look like in the next couple of years they took the Ravens down to the wire in fact it took a heroic fourth and 19 conversion from Lamar Jackson who had some bad moments in this game by the way including a pick six Um, but it took a fourth and 19 just to keep Baltimore's hope alive and it came down to trailing 16 to 17 so you know Baltimore's down one point in this moment here they need a 66 yard field goal which would be an NFL record all right and look if you're gonna ask for this might as well ask the potentially greatest kicker of all time that's what John Harbaugh said Justin Tucker was after the game because this is how it went this game hangs in the balance with the longest kick in the history of the National Football League on the line Tucker's ready there's the snap spot down kick on the way it is up and it is off the crossbar and through oh my goodness are you kidding me Justin Tucker from 66 hit the crossbar and it bounced through and the Ravens are celebrating on the field the longest field goal in the history of the NFL has just beaten the Detroit Lions. I don't know if you call that like Colin Bank or what, but I mean, you've seen the highlight. The fact that it literally kissed the bottom of the upright and bounced in. I mean, 
you you just Justin Tucker is talented as he is he could have sat there and tried that kick a thousand times and maybe pulled it off once I mean it would have been that particular time by the way this was Baltimore's first trip to Detroit in a very long time obviously because AFC NFC etc the last time that the Baltimore Ravens visited the Detroit Lions in Ford Field they won on a 61 yard field goal from Justin Tucker so um, I'm sorry Lions fans I know it's tough uh, but there has been some controversy surrounding this game given the fact that Baltimore kind of got lucky with a delay of game penalty not being called so uh, Lions fans just really having a hard time stomaching that uh, this particular day after but uh, let's go down to Nashville uh, in case you cared by the way the Ravens are 2-1 and one after their win on Sunday night last week against the Kansas City Chiefs and the Lions fall to 0-3 still looking for that first win uh, but back to Nashville uh, the Tennessee Titans defeating the Indianapolis Colts 25-16 to Carson Wentz did play Gritty performance, I'll give him that, but you know the, the Titans have kind of woken up a little bit. That second half, really, that fourth quarter against Seattle was a really impressive effort from theirs. And you know, it, it's hard to kind of make what the Titans are ultimately going to be this season, but they're clearly capable of winning the AFC South. I mean, uh, they're very far and away the best team in this particular division. Uh, but Indianapolis is just so uninspiring. Quentin Nelson got hurt in this game, has a high ankle sprain. We'll see what that ultimately looks like. But the Colts are now 0-3, and the Titans are 2-1. and And you just have to wonder what this season looks like for Indianapolis. Do they ultimately bench Carson Wentz at a certain point if the season gets away from them? Because remember, there's the qualifier in the trade clause that if he plays a certain amount of time, that that, that pick that they're sending to Philadelphia becomes a first-round pick. So if you're the Colts and you're out of the playoff race, I mean, why don't you just bench him so you don't give up a first-round pick? I mean, you know, it's you're starting to get into that territory if you're Indianapolis, which is, uh, you know, unfortunate for them at least. But uh, as I mentioned, they're 0-3. The Titans 2-1 have a nice lead in the AFC South. So we go now to what I don't know if I could call this – in all honesty, the game of the day, it was very weird, um, <laughs> uh, very strange. The Los Angeles Chargers are 2-1 and one after losing to the Dallas Cowboys, just putting that out there, and then successfully defeating the Kansas City Chiefs at Arrowhead Stadium. A lot of us here at the SB Nation NFL show have believed in the Chargers this season, but we've needed to see that. We've needed to see those ideas and those hopes and, you know, those kind of dreams, if you will, for the Chargers really kind of play themselves out. And Brandon Staley did whatever he could to make sure that they did not ultimately come to fruition. Um, the end of this game, again, Chargers final score here, 30-24 to 24 in favor of them, obviously. Uh, they had a touchdown to take the lead here at the very end, which, you know, was notable fine, uh, but the Chargers just, there were multiple illegal shifts in this game. There were so many penalties pre-snap that made things more difficult for them. Chargers got into a position where they could kick a field goal to ultimately, you know, win this game. And Brandon Staley went for it. When he went for it on fourth down near the end of the game, fine, be aggressive. You know, I love that. I love saying, you know, we're not settling for field goals against the Chiefs here at Arrowhead. We're going to go for the win. But the Chargers did score with too much time on the clock, and they gave Patrick Mahomes a shot. Obviously not enough, uh, but the Chiefs now one and two back-to-back losses prior to last week against the Baltimore Ravens. They had never lost in September with Patrick Mahomes. They had actually never even seen Patrick Mahomes throw an interception in the month of September. They've now lost back-to-back games. He's thrown interceptions in both of them, and the Chiefs have a little bit of uh, looking in the mirror to do. Now, on a non-football-related note, head coach Andy Reid 
uh, was hospitalized after this game, did not meet with the media afterwards, told the locker room that um, he was, you know, going to be tending to this situation. The Chiefs did release a statement that all is seemingly well. We'll hear from Pete Sweeney, as mentioned on Monday Football Monday, to get the skinny on that situation. But it uh, goes without saying that all of our thoughts and prayers here at the SB Nation NFL show go out to Andy Reid. We hope that he is well. That is priority number one. It's hard to segue back into football from that, but the Chargers look legit, right? Like all the stuff we said, it's it's actually possible now. And the Kansas City Chiefs at one and two are in sole possession of last place in the AFC West. Uh, we go now to New Orleans, although this game took place in New England. I always love this, by the way. You, you know, this happens somewhat frequently, especially in the AFC East, but I love the battle of the news. You know, when you get the New Orleans Saints against New England Patriots or New, New York Giants or New York Jets. You know, I love when, when you get the news. Uh, but anyway, the Saints taking on the Patriots, visiting the Patriots, and a final score of 30-13. to 13, The Saints defense and special teams showed up, despite the fact that I benched them in my uh, fantasy league of record. No big deal. Uh, uh, but, you know, it was a, a, a I want to say dominating, but an authoritative win for the Saints. And the Patriots still kind of figuring things out with Mac Jones. He hadn't thrown an interception until this game. Welcome to the NFL. All the cliches. But New England's clearly going to need some time to really stabilize and understand what their identity is moving forward. Uh, we'll see what that looks like, obviously, on Sunday night against Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But uh, New Orleans, this was a fascinating note from Jeff Duncan, who does a great job covering the Saints. New Orleans is two wins because they are 2-1 and one now. Um, their two wins this season have come with Jameis Winston throwing for under 150 yards. They won two games of such kind throughout all of Drew Brees' career. That is amazing. His career, obviously, with the, the Saints. But uh, New Orleans now 2-1. and one. New England falls to 1-2. and two. Uh, But their one win, obviously, you know, against the New York Jets. So it is a division game. So, you know, kudos to them for that. Um, we have two more games left in the noon hour. I mentioned the other CB. The Cincinnati Bengals successfully vanquished the big bad Pittsburgh Steelers 24 to 10 the final score Cincinnati now two and one on the season Steelers the inverse of that at one and two uh Jamar Chase has scored a touchdown in every single game this season that's three games even though uh he mentioned the balls were different in the NFL from college but you know seems like difference a good thing here um in all seriousness he looks great Joe Burrow you know had some struggles last week against the Bears and I actually actually hadn't thought about that we got back-to-back CB games Cincinnati Bengals Chicago Bears and then Cleveland Browns you know Chicago Bears we also obviously get two CB games every year in the Cleveland Browns and Cincinnati Bengals, but enough, you know, going off on my tangent. Um, but yeah, Joe Burrow struggled through back to back to back interceptions on three consecutive plays last week and had some moments that weren't great here, but did stabilize and did get things under control. And more than anything, just, you know, stayed out of the way at the end of the day because Ben Roethlisberger, my goodness. I mean, we've been saying this too. Most of us here on the show, I mean, Ben Roethlisberger and the Steelers offense, it, was always going to be bad just because they brought everybody back and they, they re-signed Juju and they drafted Najee Harris. Like it wasn't just going to fix things. I mean, this, there are two offenses that are weakened in the NFL by their quarterback. And they are the Pittsburgh Steelers by Ben Roethlisberger and the San Francisco 49ers by Jimmy Garoppolo. Every other offense, the quarterback elevates it in some particular way. It's difficult to find what that way is for Pittsburgh or for San Francisco, but this is a rough loss. This is kind of a, 
you know, this is a kind of start to deal with reality loss for Pittsburgh, I think. Uh, they are now 1-2, and two, and their one win, I know it was tough. I mentioned it earlier that Buffalo lost to them in week one, but that game was, you know, I said this on Monday Football Monday that week, that felt a lot more like Buffalo losing than Pittsburgh winning. Pittsburgh has had lowly offensive outputs in each of their first three games this season, and it doesn't seem like much is going to change. The Bengals now 2-1. and one. They do play the Jacksonville Jaguars, the winless Jacksonville Jaguars. Spoiler alert there on Thursday Night Football. They have a chance to get to three and one I'm still not sold on Zach Taylor myself but I mean hey that would be a solid start that'd be exactly what you want to see in the second year of Joe Burrow maybe you can you know fight scratch claw your way into the playoffs who knows but three and one would be impressive for uh, for Cincinnati so far uh let's go to Jacksonville though but the Jaguars did everything they could. I mean, I, I think the Jaguars played really well on Sunday, losing ultimately the final score uh, against the Arizona Cardinals, 31-19. to The Jaguars now winless on the season. Meanwhile, the Cardinals undefeated at 3-0. and This game had a bad moment for Cliff Kingsbury, um, which is kind of common, I think. Uh, near the end of the first half, he tries a long field goal, just super-duper long, uh, Justin Tucker long. Um, and it turns into a pick six. I think that's appropriate given the, you know, the iron bowl finish from what was it now? Eight years ago. Um, given that Cliff Kingsbury and, you know, Urban Meyer are, are two, uh, prominent names in the world of college football. Trevor Lawrence tried too hard a little bit later through an awful pick six. You, you can see flashes from the Jaguars but it's just not enough you know and so the Cardinals outlasted them Kyler Murray continued really his offensive sparkle is really the way I would put it he looks incredible and he can just kind of do whatever he wants I mean there was a fourth down situation where you know they were up on the goal line and Kyler Murray just kind of ran a little I wouldn't even call it a bootleg just kind of was faster than everybody and got into the end zone and he just has that gear where that most people don't and so that separates them in a lot of different ways but the Arizona Cardinals now three and oh the Jacksonville Jaguars now 0 and 3 I know we talked about the Titans and the Colts and I know the Texans played on Thursday night but yeah I mentioned the Titans you know in you know the best team in the AFC South the Tennessee Titans are 2 and 1 the Indianapolis Colts the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Houston Texans not winless but have one win between them that's the Houston Texans win I mean so the Tennessee Titans literally have more wins on their own than the entire rest of the division combined and we're at week three So uh, that is what it is. We now go to the afternoon games. This one, not a lot to get into, to be honest with you. Another 3-0 team now, the Denver Broncos. uh, Outlasting, you know, if you want to be kind. The New York Jets, 26-0. It's hard to put up a goose egg in today's NFL, but the New York Jets found a way. Um, The Jets are also winless on the season. Zach Wilson continues. I don't want to say to struggle. I'll say to learn. Um, and the Broncos, look, they're 3-0, and I don't want to take anything away from them. It's the first you know, season they've started 3-0 since 2016, which, by the way, was the last time the United States won the Ryder Cup, like they did on Sunday. No big deal. Uh, but the Broncos have beaten the Giants, the Jaguars, and the Jets. So let's just temper our expectations. I think that there's an argument to be made that the Broncos are the worst 3-0 and team. And, you know, I, I know they talked about this last week here on the show, but if they played the best 0-3 team, which is right now probably the Colts, I guess, 
I kind of might take the Colts. I don't know. That's a different argument. But anyway, uh, let's go to Vegas, where the Raiders really did outlast the Miami Dolphins, who started Jacoby Brissett at quarterback, obviously, uh, with Tua Tungavailoa now on injured reserve. The Raiders winning in overtime. They kicked two field goals in overtime, which, you know, is possible. They kicked a field goal. Uh, they made it 28-25. Uh, That's right. This game ended at 25 because Miami scored at the end of regulation, down eight and got a successful two-point conversion to tie this thing up to send it to overtime so the Raiders kick a field goal it's 28-25 the Dolphins go down kick their own field goal it's tied up at 28 the Raiders get down get down get down uh, get down on it shout out cool in the gang and kick the game-winning field goal in the final seconds of the game to get to 31-28 it is the first 3-0 start for the Raiders obviously the then Oakland Raiders since 2002 of course a season that they made it to the Super Bowl in when they lost to what is now their current head coach John Gruden that was their former head coach at the time funny history going on here uh but the Raiders 3-0 they are in first place in the AFC West think about that it's crazy it's really crazy when you think about it but uh the Raiders 3-0 the Dolphins 1-2 they fought really hard and I know I've said before that we need to see it from Miami this season and I know that two is out now but you know Miami you got to start stacking up some dubs we need to see it but uh let's go to uh Minnesota Minnesota with Minnesota Vikings beat the Seattle Seahawks 30 to 17. This was a really kind of sneaky good game. This was going on obviously at the same time as the Rams Bucks game and we'll get there in a moment. Um, so a lot of people were kind of paying attention to that. I mentioned the Ryder Cup. My attention was kind of in between places and I thought Kirk Cousins played so well. There was no Dalvin Cook in this game and I just, you know, it's very clear that Seattle is the worst overall team in the NFC West. And I know that the Niners have Jimmy Garoppolo which significantly lowers the quality of who they are as a team but Seattle just this was unimpressive I mean and I think that Minnesota you know I played the best undefeated team versus uh or worst undefeated team versus best uh defeated team best winless team um I think if you had played that game last week if you had taken I think the best winless team entering week three to get you know long way to get to my point was the Minnesota Vikings they were 0-2 entering Sunday but their two losses were against the Bengals who we now are a little bit more respectful of uh with the weird call on Dalvin Cook and then the game-winning field goal and then they should have beat the Cardinals but missed a game-winning field goal themselves and so the Vikings got a much-needed win. You can't fall to 0-3. You really can't. Uh, but the Vikings got a much-needed win and really kind of played like the team that had to win it more. And the Seahawks, I think, played like a team that, you know, kind of like they play in some games. Like, oh, we'll just turn it up in the fourth quarter and Russell will do something amazing. And it doesn't always work out that way. And so uh, the Vikings and Seahawks both now at 1-2. and two, And I kind of think the Vikings are on a, on a better trajectory. I was going to say trend. And so it turned out to trend trajectory. So that's my bad. Uh, but I really, I think the Vikings are in a much more solid place. Um, Seahawks, we'll see. But it's just so hard to see them competing against the Rams, the Cardinals even. And obviously the Niners if and when Trey Lance starts to start. Uh, but congratulations to the Vikings. Proud of you. Let's go to L.A., where LeBron was in attendance. So was Carmelo. Uh, lots of famous people. I don't know if you've heard about this, but the NFL is now in Los Angeles. Super famous place, blah, blah, blah. Um, final score, 34-24. They are the first team to defeat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in a very very long time. The reigning Super Bowl champions at the home of this year's Super Bowl, obviously, SoFi Stadium. This was impressive. I mean, this was the Rams, I think, in their finest hour. I know a lot of people were impressed by what they did in week one, but that was the Bears, right? And then they struggled last week against the Colts, and that was kind of a little bit of a wake-up call. But, you know, 
it's it's hard. I think you can make an argument that the Rams are the best team in the NFL right now. I mean, that's there's an argument there at least. Uh, Matthew Stafford looked incredible, hooked up with Cooper Cup for two touchdowns, hit a bomb of a touchdown to Deshaun Jackson. I mean, the Rams offense when it's clicking is just it's it's tough to deal with. I think the Bucks definitely missed Antonio Brown in this game. I think there's another argument to be made that he might wind up being the best receiver on the Buccaneers this year. Uh, Gronk, you know, dealt with some injury concerns in this game, and so it just kind of was an overmatched fight almost from the jump. Uh, but I think we all agree we'll see these teams meet again. Uh, the final score once again, 34-24. The Rams three and zero. The Bucks fall to two and one. And again, visit the New England Patriots on Sunday Night Football next week. Speaking of Sunday Night Football. The Green Bay Packers, the San Francisco 49ers, 37 seconds is too much time. It's too much time. Aaron Rodgers is going to get you. It's too much time, Kyle Shanahan. Jimmy Garoppolo had a gross fumble in this game. I don't know why Kyle Shanahan insists on starting him at quarterback. It makes no sense to me. Uh, 49ers were just kind of trapped by their quarterback all game long. Debo Samuel had some nice moments. George Kittle had some nice moments. But, you know, the 49ers defense, I think, did their job. And at the end, Aaron Rodgers just went god mode on them. And, you know, there was a scary moment of this game. Devontae Adams took a shot to the head. I don't know how that wasn't, you know, any kind of penalty. I mean, this was a really bad week for NFL officiating as a whole. Uh, but Devontae Adams, thankfully, was all right. Stayed in the game, or rather re-entered the game. Aaron Jones looked to be a little bit hobbled. But, um, again, the 49ers took a lead in this game, 28-27, to with 37 seconds remaining. And Aaron Rodgers managed to do the damn thing. It's so annoying. Uh, the Packers and Niners both now 2-1. and one. Lots of positive momentum for the Packers. Aaron Rodgers said that, you know, isn't, you know, how can you not be romantic about football? Whatever, dude. Whatever. But uh, that does it for Sunday's week three action. We obviously have tonight's game, Monday's game, whenever you listen to this, Monday night football. The Dallas Cowboys going to defeat the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, Pete Sweeney and I will recap all these games in a little bit more detail later on today on Monday, Football Monday. You can listen to that here on the SB Nation NFL show. You can also watch it live on the SB Nation Twitter page or the SB Nation Facebook page. This is this was the Sunday night wrap up everybody hope you enjoyed your week hope you got all the fantasy points you needed and hope you have yourselves a great day we'll see you next time More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.